0: association with the Weyland-Yutani Bulletin and Sci-Fi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. God damn it! That's not all! Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all! And all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you could just kiss all that goodbye! You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect Organism. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A! Wait, wait, before I do, this is episode 31, right? Uh, shit. I I think so. (laughs) Let's just check. Yeah, it's episode 31. Awesome. Okay. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 31. I am your host, Jamie, and this is... Pete, what's up, everybody? And today we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Well, first of all, it's uh, the official 30th birthday of Aliens, the sequel to Alien. Um, So, happy birthday, Aliens. One of the best sequels of all time. Um, And yeah, there's just a lot to talk about. I mean, we have um, Covenant, Alien Covenant has wrapped filming, Um, so... We might be seeing some stuff soon, maybe a trailer. I would imagine we'll probably see a trailer this year. What do you think? I'd say it's a
1: safe bet, maybe towards the holidays, or even if we're being really optimistic. If uh, Fox wants to compete with Disney, though, maybe they'll give us a Super Bowl trailer. Yeah, oh, that'd
0: be great. That'd be great. That would be. That'd be great. So, yeah, so uh, I that's, you know, it's interesting to even think about how long Alien Covenant was filming. They were filming since April. So it's like a, usually, typically films have only taken about 30 days. Of course, this is a very involved, in-depth film. Um, So this film, but it's it's taken four months almost to film. So that's, that's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, some older films have taken months and months for principal photography. Terminator 2 was eight months and they had to, uh, dub over edward furlong's voice because his voice cracked yeah in the middle of production that's right that's right um four months i mean that's not a lot of time but at the same time i mean that's like monday to friday maybe even seven days a week you know they're filming yeah that's a lot of stuff they're doing
0: it is um also you know uh oh sorry let me turn my phone off sorry people um Danny McBride, uh, was in a a video and he was talking about some other project, but he mentioned alien covenant. And he said that, you know, he started looking at, uh, well, Ridley Scott called a meeting with him and he started showing him photos and there were photos of spaceships. And he was like, shit, this is an alien film. And then I guess he got the script and he thought maybe he'd be the comic relief or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not the comic relief. This is a dark, dark horror film. And, there is no comic relief in Covenant, he said. Which none. isn't to say that won't, there won't be some funny moments. I'm sure there will be. Um, or some kind of stress-relieving moments. But yeah, that, that was a good sign. That was exciting to read that on paper, you know. Um, or on the screen, I should say. Um, that it's a dark horror film. And that's, that's what it needs to be.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, that goes right back to the roots of Alien. I mean, now granted, there was... A fair bit of comic relief in Alien with Parker and Brett. And their dynamic. But. It wasn't almost. Not. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Danny McBride level of comic relief that he's known for. Because he's fucking hilarious. He
0: is really, really funny. Did you ever see uh, this? It's with James Franco and a bunch of other guys uh, called This Is The End?
1: Or something Mm -hmm. like that. No, that's on the watch list, though. But I know him from Eastbound and Down, which he helped
0: co-create, I believe. Okay. Great show. Great show. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see him play, uh, play serious, you know. Um, and I mean because he's Reiser, the ship's captain, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. He's a ship's captain, and you know, Paul Reiser was a com- comedian as well, and he played it serious. Um, so it's a page right out of Aliens, um, and it, it's interesting to see. You know, I'm, I'm very, you know, there's been word of like people saying, hey, you know, it's, it's. A, this is a film that's already an established universe, so it's kind of familiar. Um, but I, I'm all, I'm ready to explore and to see what kind of world um, Ridley Scott is bringing us to this time.
1: Yeah, I am too, and I I must say, my careful optimism is wearing thin because all this news and all the developments have me so excited, and and I know that. Sometimes getting mad excited over something is a sure spell to get burnt. Um, I I feel like we
0: are going to get a really good movie. I think so. And, you know, it's funny because uh, there's been a show on that you've heard of that everyone's talking about called Stranger Things. Oh, yes. i going to start it tonight. <laughs> yeah, I binged watched it all. No spoilers here. I binge-watched it all uh, two days ago. So it debuted the 15th. No, I watched it the 16th when I got when I got home from work, which was like 11 p.m. Los Angeles time. I started watching it. I watched four episodes, and then I woke up the next morning and finished the rest. Um, and it was such a wonderful experience. It was a, a show that felt like one big long movie. It was set in the 80s, 83, but it didn't feel like it. Just meaning that... There wasn't these big winks and nods like, Look, this is the eighties, you know. It was just like, no. It was legit. The dialogue was there. The costuming were there, but it was about character. And really, that's how that's how Covenant's gonna be successful as well. It's gonna kinda feel like that 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 it's gonna feel like the film of the seventies, but it's not gonna draw attention to itself that way. Anyways, um, you know, the people who did Stranger Things, uh, the Duff Brothers, they're like 32. So they're eight years younger than me. So they would have seen the tail end of the 80s. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's nostalgia done right. Nostalgia done legit. And uh, I've I, I, just, I've never been so excited watching a show before. Um, I need to watch it. Um, but anyways, it, it, it makes me think of Alien and the Alien films. Because, of course, they came out in 79 and 86. Um, and if they can get it right, if they can get an eight hour series done right for fuck's sake, Rid- Ridley Scott can get covenant right. And I think he has. Yeah. I mean, for
1: damn sure. Um, I think there's that quote that goes, uh, nostalgia is a dirty liar. That implies things are different than they really are. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, because I grew up watching all sorts of films and playing all sorts of video games and all, and all that stuff. Like, Take take Godzilla for example, the one from the '90s. Um, when I was a kid, I mean, I loved that movie. I watched it so many times. My dad bought me like three VHS tapes of it because they all were they all wore out. Yeah, I watched it so much. And then, you know, you grow up and it's like, God damn, that's a fucking awful movie. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, I don't want to look at Covenant too heavily through the nostalgia goggles because. I feel like that would spoil it for me. Yeah, and it's in a sense that it it would set unrealistic expectations yeah. of the film before it comes out. But if nostalgia can be done right, like Stranger Things is doing, like everybody's saying it's doing, um, I know for sure that Ridley can do it.
0: Oh yeah, and really, it's it's all about good characters. You know, I mean, set the sets and the lights and the. And the costumes and the props, none of that matters if the story's shit Um, and if the story's good. Um, Just like with Prometheus, uh, the sets, the lightings, the costumes were amazing, and none of it mattered. Um, Because there's no substance to it. No, it's just all filler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. But I'm with you. I think my optimism, I'm wholly optimistic that Covenant is going to be the film that we've all wanted. Um, but I'm sure there'll still be some people who don't like it or people who who will like, oh, nothing's going to match Alien. But you can't, I, 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 never, I never think that you should make a sequel. Like, a lot of the talk about Blade Runner, and we'll get into this, um, the Blade Runner sequel is that, oh, it doesn't deserve a sequel. You can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And many of those things are very true. Um, but, oh my gosh, what was my larger point? Oh my god. Oh.
1: Well, well, if, if you want me if you want me to just interject for a minute. Yeah. Um there's there's so many ways that Blade Runner can go right and I want to save most of it for later, but the the gist of it is is that you've got the original screenwriter coming back yes. and he's supported by the screenwriter for Covenant. Michael Green, right?
0: Yeah. I think that's his name. Hampton Fancher and Michael Green, yeah.
1: You got Denny Villanueva, you got uh, Roger Deakins, you got Harrison
0: Ford, and then you got Ryan Gosling, and so. and uh, Robin Wright, and Ridley Scott as producer. I mean, the uh, yeah, everything looks right for this film. Um, everything, and they're, they're the goal for the goal for the Blade Runner sequel is making it necessary, because right now it's not necessary, and. Uh, and in large part, that's the goal for covenant it has to be necessary, you know, um so
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we should save the excitement of uh, Blade Runner for a little bit later because yes. there's so much covenant to dive into there is, which let's can can't help it, yeah,
0: let's segue into um the here's a uh, a topic of contention for me and discussion. There was uh, Aaron Percival who runs, who's an awesome guy, who runs uh, AVP Galaxy, Alien vs. Predator Galaxy, the website and then the Facebook page and group. Um, He posted through our site, which uh, him, he posted through our site and Chris Picard who runs Sci-Fi. They post through our our official Facebook page. Um, And one of um, Aaron's posts was about the delay of Blomkamp's Ali- Alien because of the Avatar sequels and something else. And I read into it right away. It set me off. Um, not that I wasn't thinking Aaron wasn't doing anything intentional or whatever, but I just felt like if they're going to make an Blomkamp's going to make his Alien film, it's got to be within the next year or two or three at the least. Yeah. Just because Sigourney Weaver is, is aging and it's got to be plausible. Um, and there's a short window here. And, uh, so, but the, the, the message of this post was that, oh, so these films that Sigourney Weaver's are, are involved with, the Avatar sequels, um, was going to delay? Yeah, 4,000 of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to delay. And we keep getting press release after press release about, oh no, now there's going to be four of them. And 2017, oh no, no, not 2017. Anyways, um, I don't think it's not, it's not even coming out until, Probably twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, um, but so it makes people think that this alien sequel, but uh, aliens sequel that Blumkamp is working on, is going to be delayed five to seven years. Fuck that! No fucking way. Twentieth Century Fox isn't going to let that happen.
1: Um, no, no, because no, aliens are cash cow. Think of it that way. Totally, totally, um, and I, I not not to not to call it
0: that because Alien isn't. Crap or anything, or, but it's a it's a potential cash cow. It hasn't really been, um, and it's their tentpole. It's their sci-fi tentpole. Alien is what they're um is what they're investing in because they don't have Star Wars. So they um, and I'm sure you know the the, the fo- executives at Fox are smart people. I'm sure that they have a plan in place. And I actually uh, wrote them. I emailed them asking them for a statement on um when Blumkamp's Alien film will be shooting because they have to know. Somebody has to know, and there's speculation that it's already shooting now. And to to be honest with you, um, I wouldn't doubt for a moment that a lot of what people are saying, even Sigourney Weaver has been saying, like, "Oh, you know, we would already have it done by now." There's stuff she she's been saying a lot about this film, um, and it's a film these properties are owned by Fox. There's no way that if if Fox didn't want them saying these things, Fox would say, "Don't say these things." You know. Yeah, they'd be like, yo, Sigourney, just cool it, I shut not, the fuck up. I, I wouldn't doubt that Blomkamp's Alien has been filming. Um, and they're keeping it completely under wraps. Well, the, the thing with
1: that is that is that there's been so much beating around the proverbial bush. You got Blomkamp himself sharing concept art, yeah. pictures of his personal props and everything... You know, this guy is so excited to make this movie. And then 20th Century Fox is just, you know, giving him the runaround about it. And he's with Sigourney. They're both excited about it. You got Michael Bean and Carrie Hen, who have basically said, yeah,
0: you know, it's happening. Yeah. And look at Carrie Henn. She's lost a bunch of weight. She's grown her hair long. I mean, we've seen. She, uh, she looks great. She looks, does look great. There's something going on with this. I, I'm telling you, there's something going on. We're not hearing the whole story. Um, I, 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 you know, we've been tipped that this film is in fact in production. I believe it. I really do. I do too. Um, and, um, I, th- I think we will,
1: it's just, okay. I think it would be a safe, not assumption, but inference that with the 30th anniversary reunion, that's at
0: San Diego comic-con. I think it's tomorrow or yeah, next next week, I think, wait, the 21st. Twenty second, twenty third, something like that. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Uh, might be the seventeenth through the twenty I don't know. I don't. It's know. on Saturday, seven twenty-three. So okay.
1: this this Saturday. I get the feeling that they're gonna maybe unveil Alien Five or at least give us some info on it. Because there's people that are saying they're gonna talk about it. Yeah. There's a panel and on it.
0: Entertainment Weekly said a topic of a conversation is gonna be Alien Five. And the whole Casper like there's just too much coincidence happening here. It's got to be in production, and in fact, even um, Sigourney Weaver said, "Oh, I've been working with uh, Neil Blumkamp on another project, and they've been in Johannesburg, and she's been flying around." Of course, if she's been filming this movie, although many actors, while they're filming movies, they go they'll go out and do a comic con or do do all these things. Um, so it's highly plausible that Sigourney Weaver is currently filming production and stepping away for these appearances, but this. The San Diego Comic-Con, with all of them being there, with Entertainment Weekly saying Alien 5 is going to be a topic of conversation, something's going to be unveiled. Whether that's
1: significant or insignificant in any regard, we're going to know something about Alien, whether that's Alien 5, Covenant, or anything. Because, I mean, Sigourney's got to be briefed on Covenant. She's got to know something. Oh, yeah.
0: But, uh, man... I'm 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 excited. Me too. Uh, there's a lot. There's just so much going on. I mean, next year I just think about the what the lineup for next year. I mean, we're getting oh, Alien man. film, and two months later we're getting Blade Runner sequel. I mean, whole. And, and then two months later we're getting Star Wars episode. Oh, I know. I can't. Even, yeah, it's gonna be like. Fuck. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, I wish. We're going gonna to be busy. <laughs> we're, there's going to be a lot to talk about. And actually, we are going to have a Blade Runner episode coming up. We've had one before, but we're going to have one again. Um, it's, we, yeah, we, just, we, we need to do that. Um, and I, I'm sure you saw in the, our message group that we have with the admin for the Wayland Utani Bulletin, I put out, hey, we want to talk about Blade Runner and discuss it. When did you first fall in love with it? What do you think that you love about it? And then listen to portions of the film <laughs> and discuss it. Um, with you, me, probably Ross, Christian, and Bill. Uh, I think that's probably all the people that we need. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's coming up soon. Um, but yeah, so Blomkamp's Alien, yeah. It's, it, uh, you know, there's been, it's been, a, and again, I Fox has, 20th Century Fox has PR people. Those PR people make statements. They have not made one statement about Neil Blomkamp's Alien film. Not one. Like maybe they're saving it, you know, play, play your cards close to your chest. Could be, could be. Yeah. I, I, they, it's just not like a movie studio. Movie studios make announcements all, all the time. Oh, we're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing this. We're doing that. They're not like, oh, we're going to wait until Ridley Scott's done with covenant. Well, and, that, that is true. But I mean, look at how many press
1: releases for films come out and compare that to how many, how many of those films actually get produced. Yeah. yeah. In the time frame that they're supposed to. So many of those just fall into development hell, or they get canceled, or they get put to another studio, and that kind of thing. So, I I am willing to go on a limb and say that I think they're just saving the best for last, because they know this is the movie people want.
0: That's okay. Great point that you mentioned there. Um, People have been shitting bricks about this film. Um, more so than Covenant. Really, really more so than Covenant. I mean, um, you mentioned Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean, you know, Carrie hen back together in an Alien film. People are- I mean, shit, they're giving it their stamp of approval. Yes. They're like, yeah, we want to be in yeah. this. And all the fans are like, oh my god. Um, uh, you know, and uh, I, there's th- that. You're talking cash cow? That's a fucking cash cow right there. And Oh, yeah. Fox knows that. And they're not going to squander it. They won't. And I think they, they're they're into honor Ridley Scott, but they're also, it's a business, and they need to be profitable. And uh, I mean, hopefully, too, yeah, I, I don't want to see Ripley back on screen just to see her on screen. I want to see her be useful. I want to see her be important. Uh, she has to matter. She yeah. needs a purpose. Totally. And uh, hopefully uh, Blumkamp's treatment Uh, really makes that happen, and even we should discuss, you know, even Sigourney Weaver has been talking about uh, finding an end to Ripley, so could Ripley die in this one? Um, It's possible. That's an interesting thing to see, Um, and what kind of death will that be? You know, and she's been having dreams, you know, from aliens, in Aliens, she had dreams of the chestburster, and in Alien 3, that kind of came to fruition, where she died via chestburster. Well, I mean, she threw herself in molten lava, or molten whatever, molten, whatever that shit is. Uh, what is that? Lead. Lead, lead yes. Um, I don't know why I said lava. Why would lava be in the lead pit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So here's the way I look at it.
1: Um, I'm comparing Alien to the Corvette right now. In the 1960s, Pontiac was the sporty division of General Motors, and they had a lot of cool concept cars, and one of those was called the Banshee. This uh, Pontiac Banshee, I'm going off on a tangent here, but just stay with me. Um, it looked like the next generation of Corvette that General Motors wanted to put out. And Pontiac was going to put it into production, and they almost, they started making the parts for it and whatever, and then Chevy was like, no, you can't do that, because they didn't want something take away from the Corvette, which was their cash cow. And... <clears throat> Fox is like that with Alien. They don't want Alien Five to take away from The Thunder of Covenant. Mm-hmm. I think that this is all a diversion to take away from um, Covenant because they want Covenant to succeed. Yeah. But the fans want Alien Five as well as Covenant. But they want. It seems like people want Covenant more. Do you think they? You know. Do you think fans want Covenant more? Uh. Well. Oh shit i meant to say they want five more. yeah yeah it's it, it seems it really seems like people want alien five more than they want covenant yeah. truth be told i want both
0: give me both i do want I both but i you know i i you know as someone who's feels like ripley kind of raised me um i'm anxious to see that uh, i'm more and more excited about covenant what excites me the most about covenant is what we talked about in our last episode which was so much fun was just that wonder of alien and being taken back to this kind of Large, empty, desolate planet, and exploring that planet—that's um, what excites me about Covenant. What excites me about Aliens, because really, they're going to be vastly two two vastly different films. One kind of follows the story of this woman and her kind of journey with this company, and blah 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 blah. Uh, and it's a sci-fi film. The other is more of a forbidden planet kind of exploration. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so those they 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 equally draw me in um but I, it'll be interesting to see how ripley dies and i know I, I really as much as i love her the series does need to be handed to someone else um oh yeah uh, i think this you know i you know I, of course sigourney weaver's not going to be around forever um, eventually, she'll be in her 70s and 80s, and it won't be appropriate for her to make an alien film. <laughs> um, so, we need to, it needs to be given to maybe, it, maybe it will be given to Carrie Ann. Who knows? Um, it could be given to Amanda. I mean, I think that Amanda Ripley story is great, but at the same time, too, I don't need a Ripley. Um, we've had one, give it to someone new, make it original, make it cool. Um, what really excites me right now about Ridley Scott's alien film is. His ability to make the creature scary again. Can he do it? Can he stri- can he uh strike terror into us with this thing that we've seen ad nauseum? I think he can. I really do. Think
1: I that. think I think he can too. And I'm excited because he said it time and time again in interviews, you know, we're gonna have the chest burster, we're gonna have the face hugger, yeah. we're gonna have we're gonna have the big boy, and he said we may even have time for a round or two. I think that's what he said. Yeah. But, um, God, I mean, like, how do you, how do you make something that was once terrifying and is now a parody of itself?
0: How do you make it scary again? Yeah. I I think you do that by going back to Geiger's original plans. Um, you, we see different versions of the, of the, of the creature, that one kind of proto protomorph, I guess that's what it's called. Um, and it's kind of got those big black eyes and they, they could kind of, Put that underneath the dome as well. Um, they can really, I mean, I think about that, like you kind of see this thing kind of throbbing in the in the mm. background. I mean, that's scary shit just to think about to me. I've seen images of this creature as much as we've seen it. I have seen images over the past few weeks of um, the creature drawn or whatever or painted, and it's truly frightening. Truth. Oh, you're
1: talking uh, Necrom Four, the one that's it's like just a giant penis fest in the picture. <laughs> no, it's more than that. Um, well, it, it's just Geiger being Geiger. He's very sexual, but it, it's the one that kind of looks like an insect, and it's got the black eyes. Yeah,
0: uh, it's like yeah, morph totally. Um, I think if they go that route, um, which you know they have stick to what Geiger has done, uh, I think it'll be great. I mean, like I said, that that fucking deacon was not scary whatsoever it looked ridiculous no it was a joke it was a total joke it looked like an alien with leotards on you know um mm. and it was blue <laughs> why was it blue um I, I don't even know why it was blue anyways i
1: think i think that was kind of an allegory towards um the engineers because mm. they had a bluish tint kind of yeah i, don't I guess i suppose there's it's it's ridley scott
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um take it or leave it now it's funny that 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 image okay we should talk about there's been photos of of um of from the set of alien covenant photos of uh reporters with the clapboards clapboards if no one knows are like the slate boards so when they say action they they hit a clapboard that goes and it syncs up sound and Quote, picture. Anyways, yep. um, on the clapboard is an image of the alien from the Necronomicon series, and it's the it's the alien with the more kind of specifically penis-shaped head, um, and it's got that weird long tail. And if you look in the tail of the alien, there's a a skeleton in it. It's very interesting, but uh, it's really I mean it's a it's got those things on the back too, those prongs. Um, it doesn't have those shoulder mounts that we see in the classic alien. But it's really, really scary. I mean, these days, with uh, special effects, they could really, really get just the look of it complete. I mean, if they really go for that look, it'll just be fucking terrifying. Um, And I think about the alien and how it isn't scary. And I I even think about, like... um, Certainly, Alien Three. I didn't think the alien was scary at all, except for when it was right up against her and it was opening its mouth slowly. That was really freaky. Um, but then I think about the like, Alien versus Predator, and well, Alien Resurrection in the AVP films. The aliens stopped being scary because they pushed it to a place of ridiculousness, where the Pred aliens like, are, like lodging, um, ch- uh, chest burster. What do you call it? Uh, Probesis just embryos in the, in the, down the throats of pregnant women. I mean, it was ridiculous. And, and the design has gotten so far away from Geiger's detailed specific designs where they're just kind of these globby looking weird things played by stout shorter guys um, moving wildly um, in rubber suits. Um, Danny McBride says, which was great. He goes, you know, when an alien's chasing you on Covenant, it's actually a man in a suit. Um, which I think is great. Um, they need to go back to that. But the, hopefully they went back to the Balaji, the Balaji kind of statue or, or or like his his he was very statuesque, he was very tall, very thin, very long arms. And it really, really, really worked well. And hopefully they use people like that.
1: Well mm-hmm. well, I think that adds to the believability of the whole production as is- in general anyway i mean alien looks realistic because there was a real person in the suit and it wasn't animatronic or anything yes i mean there there were mechanical aspects to the suit but that was that was only for close-ups really yeah. carlos rambaldi designed that the whole inner mouth thing that's right um
0: uh-huh. but um yeah yeah, you know there's, what I mean, there's so much that they can do. There's really, really, really so much that they can do, and they can even augment it digitally, which I'm fine with. You know, oh, there's an image right now that I'm looking at. Um, I'm going to show it to you, um, and it's it's someone's reimagining of of Geiger of Geiger's kind of Necronomicon feel. Um, here, I'm going to link it to you really quick, um, but it, it it it's a it's a um, it's a version of the alien that I really think. Wow, man, it's scary. So take a look at that and tell me what you think.
1: Wow, that's terrifying,
0: isn't it? Goodness. I mean, if they, if I, I think about like um, a, a spy guy named Santiago Betancourt, Uh mm-hmm. I, I would imagine like um, the people on the Covenant ship entering into a temple or some type of something, and they come upon this. That would scare scare the shit out of me you know um and just the 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 length of the fingers and the hands of the alien um just the proportions make me very uncomfortable yes yes, that long sinewy absolutely i love the proportions um and to me this really makes the air this the architecture something we're familiar with but yet it's scary you know Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to share that on our, our page after. Crazy. It's totally crazy, the detail. I don't know if this is a digital render. I, I can't tell what it is. looks like a sculpture. Yeah, it does. Uh, although, even if you look at the picture, it looks like there's some photo, Photoshopping to blend a couple of things. Yeah,
1: especially with the, the dome. Yeah, But
0: but still, <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, especially the end of that dome looks like a dick, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, hey, it, it doesn't matter. It's really...
1: It's really it's, effective. It's alien. It's got the alien DNA. Yeah. If
0: uh, if Ridley went with something like that, I think that would be really cool. It would be. And you know what? It's interesting that we're talking about this, too. I was talking about Aliens yesterday, and I said, hey, this is... I was Whoever I was talking to, I was like, yeah, Aliens is probably one of the best sequels ever made. I said, but I will say about The Queen, I said, I hope we yeah. don't see a Queen in Covenant. Really, to me, the egg morphing thing... Um, is an alien process um, where the, you know, the host is being turned into um, a receptacle for new life. The the queen thing was a little bit too earthbound for my taste. I liked it. It was effective. I love the film. Of course. I love it. Love it. Love it. We'll always love it. Um, but I hope that Geiger, I'm sorry, that Ridley Scott goes towards something different that we haven't seen, which is really, which is the egg morphing. That's what I hope
1: yeah it definitely needs to be a thing i mean that's that's the almost 40 year old unanswered question is what happened to brett and what happened to dallas yeah, yeah. what was happening to them why are they there because that's uh that's alien hive behavior right there you know that's the hive mind at work yeah and that's something terrifying that has yet to be seen since. And
0: uh, Sigourney Weaver even talked about it. She said, "You know, we want to kind of get behind the motives of the creature." And I think people took that a little bit li- little bit too literally, like the motives, like what, like finding out what the aliens want. No, it's more like how they work. What the, what what their what their instinctual motives are. Um, what are they setting up a hive? What are they doing what, when they when they are going to kill people? What are they doing with these bodies? Um James Cameron answered that to some degree in a way um but I think that, that that was an answer not the answer. Um yeah that's true. Um so it would be interesting to see um what the aliens look like in their natural state. Um you know well I mean the comics
1: have kind of gone into that but we don't have any tangible film or game evidence. Like like media evidence besides alien, a deleted scene from the director's cut. We don't really know what the aliens are like and when the Hive takes over, when it's just them. Because uh, book one of the comics, that sends um, Hicks and Newt on a marine mission to the alien homeworld, blow it up. Yeah. And then aliens start attacking the Earth, and it's interesting, but we alien needs to be terrifying again it needs to be believable again it needs to stop being a parody of itself yeah
0: and i think that's coming and i you know uh i even if we look back and think about those photos that we've seen from the set that one photo of um daniels played by katherine waterston she's kind of sitting in a corner in a, in a corridor or just away from a corridor and just the the imagery and the darkness it's 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 very creepy by itself, you know? So they really tapped into something very, very interesting. I mean, I I really can't wait to see. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see a first trailer um, just so we can dissect that. I mean, that'll be a really fun day. I'll probably watch that trailer 10 times, 10 times. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. They'll probably just release a teaser. It'll probably only be a minute or so if they released one. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how, what direction they go if they use that, kind of haunting siren that they've used they use for Prometheus, or if they'll do something else and say, no, let's reinvent this wheel. Let's find another sound that's interesting. Let's let's create another atmosphere. So
1: Yeah, I mean Alien has so many keys to success and right now it just seems like up until this point they've had trouble finding the right locks. Yeah. Um if you wanted to segue into Alien 5 and then Blade Runner, that's
0: cool. Yeah, well, we've just, we've discussed, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Blade Runner. Um, And, you know, so we, we've seen two images. There was a little bit of a story done by Entertainment Weekly, which was posted online, and, uh, which was an interview with Dennis Villanueva, and uh, two images of concept design from the sequel, which still doesn't have a title. Um, And I was blown away by it, but I want to hear your thoughts before I talk.
1: Oh, I'm really excited. I mean, just from those pictures, that's that's straight Blade Runner right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um now there's there's a lot of comparisons to other things that are out there like Blade Runner always gets labeled cyberpunk even though it was kind of proto-cyberpunk. It kind of set the trend. I mean, um William Gibson was writing Neuromancer at the time. He went to go see it and he basically discovered that the story he was writing was pretty much Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, just the seminal cyberpunk masterpiece is what I like to call it. But um, I'm excited. I will say that. But I would like to see more.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Fuck yes.
1: More that's not concept art. Because I know they start filming in July.
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, they've
1: already started. I mean, all the actors are there.
0: Yeah, Ryan Gosling and his family are in uh, what's his name? Harrison Ford has a big, long, white beard, which is very interesting. I don't know if he grew that just so he could be not seen while he's been because he was vacationing in Barcelona, um, and I don't know if that was for the film or if it was just I don't know what it was for. But if if it if it's for the film, if it's for the Blade Runner sequel, that'll be interesting to see Deckard not looking like the Deckard that we know. Which, to be honest with you, I would love. I'm not looking to see that Deckard again. You know,
1: I thought. Um his aged appearance in *The Age of Adeline* was amazing. Have you seen that? I haven't. with With Blake Lively, she plays this um, this woman who gets in a car accident and dies in the nineteen twenties or thirties, and then she gets struck by lightning, so she's permanently twenty nine years old, thirty years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh *The Age of Adeline*. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I don't know Blake what I was Lively. thinking
0: of. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that film. Yes. Yeah, he looks great in looked that. Attractive. You know, he's got
1: the beard and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: He looks I'd say the best he's looked since the eighties. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um if 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 he's going with that really scruffy look, like the doesn't quite have his shit together, but that kind of look, you know. I, I think we're we're in for a treat with Deckard. But that that brings up another question with the whole replicant debate. Like, do you do you think he is or do you think he's like one-off or something like that
0: um that's an interesting question number one because uh ridley scott answered that question they said yes i think he is a replicant but i don't know if that was ridley scott saying that it's just his opinion or if that was canon um i hope he isn't to be honest with you i hope maybe he fell in love with a replicant being rachel um but i hope he isn't i don't think he needs to be um i don't think um but who knows i mean really uh, at the same time, what if the entire city were replicants? What if? Oh, wow, yeah, because because there's so much depth to
1: Blade Runner that really doesn't get touched upon, yeah. and just like face value of watching it, because it's it's about the relationship between man and machine, and you know, we, we use machines every day, and then sooner or later, there's going to be a point in our future where humans are going to be inadequate. For, for most things because robots can just do that, you know? Yeah. But Blade Runner touches up on that, and it's like we just use these robots for whatever we need, and they got tired of it, so they said, fuck it. Yeah. You know, you guys can do your own stuff, yeah. I mean, and we're going to kill you guys. Creation
0: became started saying, hey, we're, we're the
1: masters now, you know? Uh, you know, self-aware. They became self-aware, yeah. and they just got tired of it. Well, and
0: it's interesting, too. Like I think about like Blade Runner, and I think about Priss, and they, when they were, before Pris, you saw Pris in the film, you saw a photo of her and she, they're like, oh yeah, basic pleasure model. And so these kind of organic replicants of humans, she was designed to be a pleasure model just to kind of please human men. Um, can I have, have sex with as many human men as possible or as whatever? Um, so they're just like, yeah, they're kind of used and discarded. And they're used as, you know, as kind of uh, brute labor or whatever. Um, So there was this real, it seemed like there was this real disregard for their life. Like, well, they're just robots. Who gives a shit? They're disposable, you know? Um, And it asks some hard questions. Like, what responsibilities do you have to your creation? Um, Especially if that creation, and like creation, even in terms of uh, parents to child, I mean, these things are self-aware. They are, uh, you know, they can feel, they can all, the, they can sense all of these things. They might not be, they might not be, completely human, but they somehow technology has given them the, um, given them the possibility, and the, oh, what's the other word I'm looking for? I can.
1: Well, I mean, they have the emotional inhibitors. Yeah. So there's there's certain. Rationalities and that kind of thing. There's there's certain aspects of what makes humans humans that they do not possess. So yeah, it's it's kind of like what value and what worth do we give these individuals mm-hmm. who are not true individuals? You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and you know, uh, Prometheus asks similar questions. Um, and in fact, I think good sci-fi asks similar questions. Um the Battlestar Galactica series, it was essentially creation versus creator. We had, cre- uh, he, mankind had created the Cylons, um, but then the Cylons are like, well, you destroy your 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 Earth, you destroy your planets, why should we listen to you? Um, in fact, now you should listen to us because we know what's best. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of, uh, there's many layers to the Blade Runner mythology and there are many, many questions asked. And not that I need answers to all these and hopefully too. Um, Ridley Scott entered into Prometheus wanting to answer questions. Um, many questions, a lot of people didn't care, need an answer to, right? Hopefully with Blade Runner, they, they're not setting out to answer questions. They're setting out to ask more questions, um, and to open it up wider. Because um, we know that, you know, based off what Dennis said, Dennis Villanueva, he said that it's set in Los Angeles again. Which I'm wondering how people will take. It's such a vast world, but they're setting it in Los Angeles again. Um, so we'll see. We'll see like uh, what the scope of the of the story is. I'm very very interested to see that. Mm.
1: Yeah. I I'm just really excited for Blaine. Blade Runner and not just because Ryan Gosling is in it but um
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he's awesome i mean i love him he's he's perfect in everything he's done i haven't seen the nice guys i'll probably see that on when it comes out on dvd or on netflix Oh yeah i, I missed that <laughs> i heard
1: it got great reviews yeah, it, did too. it was
0: doing great yeah. but it just didn't perform well at the box office Yeah it seemed a little bit little niche um and uh, unfortunately we've kind of seen those buddy buddy kind of comedies a lot um, it's the same, probably reason why Tarzan didn't do very well. It's like, well, I don't think, it, you know, we've seen that before. Um, not to say that, you know, I love, I love, uh, Gosling and I love what's his name who was in it as well with him, but uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crow, yeah. But so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Gosling is also going to be in the movie called La La Land, which is a musical where he's singing and dancing, which should be interesting.
1: Yeah, that's like everybody's dream right there, Ryan Gosling <laughs> singing. Yeah, He's actually in uh, an indie rock band called uh, Dead Man's Bones. Really? They're pretty good. Really? I didn't know. Not to get off on a tangent, yes. but I know that this guy's capable of, of being an amazing lead role in a Blade Runner film.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he really has, like, if I think about um, early Harrison Ford, kind of stoic, I think about Ryan Gosling. I mean, he really embodies that, like, stoicism and especially in Drive and certainly in um, uh, the film that he... De- oh, wait, wait. He wasn't in that film, was he? I don't think. No, but more so in Drive. Um, he just had this quiet stoicism, and uh, Drive felt like Blade Runner a little bit. It had the, the neon, the just the quietness, the the ambiance of Blade Runner. Um, so I think it's a perfect fit. I mean,
1: when you think about a Blade Runner sequel, you just think about... The rain-soaked streets, you think about the neon. Yeah. You think about people running for their life, mm-hmm. and that's
0: Drive right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Um, oh, I was going to mention something, but I can't forget. Or I can't forget. I forgot.
1: There's been a lot of uh, high-profile actors who've tagged along for uh, Blade Runner 2. I mean, you got Dave Batista, the uh, former wrestler. Yes,
0: Robin Wright. Um. You have the guy from uh, Captain Phillips. Yep, I can't remember his name. He's got a. Uh, I think he is. He's African. I'm the captain.
1: I'm the captain now.
0: Yes, yes, I can't remember uh, what country he's from. Um, he's from country Africa. Great actor, fantastic actor. Um, I think he's going to be great in the film. It'll it'll be interesting to see what role. Um, and I really hope with this Blade Runner film, this sequel film, that it's really. Uh, it doesn't recreate anything from the original film. Like, I'm not looking for, I love the original film, but I'm not looking for nostalgia. But I will say this segue into something I was going to say earlier. Dennis Villanueva, he has made Sicario, he made Prisoners, and he made Enemy. Those are the three films that I'm aware of right now. His, amazing film. Oh my God. He, I mean, the man, it's pitch perfect. Enemy is a mindfuck, um, especially the end. There's a scene. Have you seen Enemy? Um, I've seen parts of Sicario, and I
1: loved it. I need to watch the whole thing. But he's he's done great stuff. Prisoners, that
0: that's uh, that was, that was critically acclaimed, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's, fucked up. <laughs> um, but Enemy is with Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's kind of a a bit of a noir as well. It's kind of like a day daytime noir. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal's character meets uh, a clone, not a clone, but a a, a double of himself very very different um mm-hmm. and then it, it reminds me a lot of hitchcock but you should really see it like the the last image on that film i'm like what the fuck was that like i still don't know what it was um i need to kind of read about it and see maybe hear hear an explanation It'd be interesting to hear what you think but yeah sicario sicario had me um, had me on the edge of my seat the whole time i saw it in the theater um prisoners had me on the edge of my seat it was dark um did you have you seen all of prisoners
1: no just parts of okay, it okay yeah you got to watch all of prisoners
0: man woo that movie that movie i mean it is scary it is re- it's really about kind of the human not the human spirit but like what we are capable of people as people and uh kind mm-hmm. of what depths we will go to to find revenge revenge of something that maybe we feel like entitled to revenge for um and uh those depths uh, you know it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman um, those are the two main stars. Um, what's his name's in it as well. Uh, Paul Dano, who plays kind of an affected youth. Um, really, really good though. You should really watch it. Yeah. I'm, I got some homework to do, it seems. Yes. <laughs> and watch Stranger Things. You do have. Oh yes. I'm going to do that. You have a bunch of sci-fi films you have to watch as well, like Predestination and all that other stuff. I saw Outlander finally, by the which was great uh outlands outlands yes outlanders the tv show outlands was really good i was really you know to be honest with you i was expecting kind of cheesy but it was really serious and it was had that feel of alien it felt lived in and real and a bunch of working joes you know not like sorry not like the working joes from the other from isolation but a a working blue blue collar people it was great it was really really great
1: it was believable there's a lot of people that um tie it in with Alien because it's just homogenous with uh, the Alien and Blade Runner multiverse yeah
0: yeah absolutely absolutely.
1: but I mean that's beside the point entirely um, I I strongly think that Blade Runner 2 is going to be a success I don't want it to just be pandering I don't want it to be fan service I don't want it to patronize
0: the audience like Prometheus did yeah. my question is this, who's going to do the score if they're going to try and get Vangelis back I think that that would be appropriate. Um, you know, part of what makes Blade Runner Blade Runner is the music and the ambiance. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, um, that's the whole... That's half the experience right so there. So it can't be some Mark Strichtenfeld from Prometheus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, it's got to be... It has to be Vangelis or maybe the guy who did the soundtrack to Synchronicity, which is fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, or Ooh, the, That was a great movie. Or the guy, the, the people who did the soundtrack for Stranger Things. A synth-based '80s feel soundtrack. The Stranger Things soundtrack blows Synchronicity, which is also incredible, out of the water. That opening sequence Mm. to Stranger Things—you're not a child of the '80s, but hopefully you'll appreciate it even still. I mean, if you're a child of the '80s, if you're born or grew up in the '80s, Stranger Things is on point, unlike anything I've ever seen before. I mean, I sat there in my bed watching this show. I don't know. I'm talking about again. Sorry. I watched it. I felt like I was ten years old. I felt like I was seven years old. I just was like, "My God, I'm back. I'm here. I'm a kid again." It was nice. And and while I'm
1: not a child of the '80s, I'm very much a child of the '90s. I I grew up on I grew up on so much of the '80s because it's when my parents showed me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So when were you born? Ninety-five. Okay, I was thinking ninety-two. All right uh i wish <laughs> um but uh you know i i have soaked up so much of the 1980s and the 1970s it just as a part of everyday life for yeah, me yeah i hear you man i i i live the 80s in 2016 you know yeah. i just i love so much about the 80s but well drive straight, is
0: very 80s itself i mean you love drive and drive is really a a, a great kiss back to the 80s it has that feel it has everything about it you know
1: Mm, it certainly does and i think that's how it does so well but um blade runner needs to go straight back to 1982 it needs to forget the convention of 2016 and you just need to film it old school practical effects practical makeup get Vangelist back don't make harrison ford an idiot (laughs) and just go ham and have fun. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a fucking great Blade Runner. Yeah, it's gonna be a great
0: year. Next year's gonna be a great year for our podcast too, just because we have so much to digest and I mean, uh, yeah, there's gonna be so much to talk about and uh, yeah, it's gonna be we're gonna be in a heyday. I mean, we're I, I would imagine once uh, Covenant releases, we'll have a, a good two hour, at least a good two hour podcast on Covenant. Our reactions. Um, I'm sure the trailer reactions probably might be a two hour. Uh, Episode as well, which will be exciting. Um, So there's a lot to look forward to. There's so much. Um, It's a good time to be a fan of movies and TV shows. I mean, they're really they're coming back with good quality. Um, So yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely need to get into Stranger
1: Things. Um, Did you want to end on Alien Five? Oh
0: yeah. Well, I'll just say this about Alien Five. Just to kind of recap, folks. I think. I believe. Alien 5 has been filming. I think Alien 5 has been filming for a couple months now, if not longer. I think it's been filming concurrently with Covenant. I think it's a time frame thing. I think that they know. I think that they're readying these films to be... Because there's nothing like... All they have to do with these films... Okay, we're filming these films at the same time. Covenant's they coming just have out to first. stagger the release. Yeah, stagger the release and stagger the promotion. Covenant's coming out first um, in 2017, and we'll have Alien this alien film ready for 2018 and that's how it's going to be. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think, I think covenant is, or alien five still is in production and will be probably for a while longer. Um, We've had little birdies tell us that it's in production. Um, Stuff like this has big NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Um, Oh, that's gotta be airtight. uh, That's like beyond star Wars right there. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's, that's my final thoughts on alien five for the moment. Um, those are my final but, thoughts. I should say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i I don't have much else to say about Alien Five that hasn't been said by anybody else, but man, I'm so excited and and I don't want to just send the message about our show to anybody listening that we just think everything is cool and, and that's <laughs> that's that because we've we've gotten some criticism about it, like, oh, we want you guys to dig deeper you know don't don't just say it's cool or it's exciting, but You know, at this point, we have to ask ourselves, what can we discuss about something that has shown so little to us? Been shown so little. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. But I'm excited for Blade Runner 2. I'm excited for Alien 5. And I'm excited for Alien Covenant. And if
0: you're not, you can leave. Yeah, It's true. It's true. And could they disappoint us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, man. Dayton Allen made a comment about the Blade Runner sequel. He goes... He goes, I don't think it should be made. It's not necessary. He goes, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. And really, he was essentially saying it's make or break. Blade Runner 2 is make or break. If they don't get it right, it will fail. Absolutely. It's not because Blade Runner is such a perfect film. It is so perfectly contained. This film, this next film has to be be self-contained. And it can't pick up off of past events. It's got to open as another story. Um, and I don't even think Harrison Ford should be the lead. I think Ryan Gosling's character should be the lead and maybe well, eventually cross his I mean, paths with Harrison Ford. They need to make it a, its own story.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Ryan Gosling is being billed as the lead role with Harrison Ford not even coming in until the last act. Yeah. So says Interesting. Scott. So.
0: Interesting. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. We will see. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this film will open the door to another sequel. I, I don't need sequ- tons of sequels to Blade Runner. Uh, I think if they can do this film right and get it, you know, they can kind of hit a home run, hit it out of the park, I'm good. That's, you know, another film that I can watch back to back. I mean, I can, I can watch Blade Runner any day of the week, um, twice a day. I, I listen to the Blade Runner soundtrack every other day. I kid you not. It's just, it's a part of my life. It's like like Drive is a part of it. you know um
1: so yeah Yeah, i mean they're just films that ring so so loudly within us like alien is what brings us all together and then for a large portion of us not everybody blade runner is something else that also rings deeply i mean this time last year once a week i'd watch alien and blade runner back to back you know Mm -hmm. it's just they're they're so important these are culturally significant films and while not a lot of people think they deserve sequels, I would say the fans deserve a true sequel to Blade Runner. That's not a book or a comic or anything like that. Yeah. Not not to discredit those because they're very good. And then Aliens, Aliens deserves a true sequel. You know, as, as much as I love Alien 3, I so want to see Alien 5. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what they want to do with it. I want to see Michael Bean, and I want to see Carrie Henn, and I want to see Sigourney Weaver.
0: You know? you know? And really, it's a message to, you know, You know, I kind of have a message to the, the film studios. If you want people to come see your movies, if you want to make loads of money off your films, then make them good films. Um, the Alien series are series of quality. Even as much as uh, Trouble as Alien 3 had, it's a film of quality. A lot of quality the acting is amazing i mean the the actors were amazing alien alien through aliens i mean they're they're just made with such love and care um that so if you're gonna you know i mean like r- right now finding dory is continues to be the number one film um and it's interesting why is that happening because it's a film of quality and it touches people and you can do that in sci-fi, you can do that in drama, you can do that in horror, you can do that in many ways. Make good films and we will come and see them and we they will be successful. Stop making bad films. Stop churning out garbage like uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Stop making garbage. Um, and, you know, really commit to making good films and we'll go. And we'll promote them for you. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, a great
1: film speaks for itself. People will go see it. Um, and I think Blade Runner and Alien and Alien 5 all have the potential to uh, promote themselves. Yep,
0: yep, absolutely.
1: Crazy stuff. That's a wrap, I'd say. I
0: agree. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll probably talk to you soon, as soon as we hear more and see more from Blade Runner and Covenant and all that stuff. Yep, thanks for listening, everybody.